Hello, patrons, and welcome to the patron special for June 2017. This month, we are branching out yet again into another sci-fi franchise. We're going to be talking about Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So, I Richard, really wish we weren't branching into this in <laughs> retrospect. But, but so, so what I'm sensing from you is that you, you did not. You sense like a great this. disturbance in my force. I, oh God, I did not like this movie. I did not see the fucking point of this movie. Um, this was. I resent the two hours I spent on this movie. I don't know. Two out. Two hours and fourteen minutes. Yeah. Why is this movie so long? Okay, so here's my here's my thing with with the length of this movie, right? Is that I think it is simultaneously too long and not long enough, and I will explain I myself. Think because I know exactly what you mean, but yeah, yeah, like it's not constructed well. It is very uninteresting for large portions of the movie. Uh, I I actually found myself I, I I saw it in December when it came out, and because uh, I was it home for the first I was time last night, but. Right. And I was home for Christmas and I was bored and I'm like, okay, let me go see a movie with my brother. So we went and saw Rogue One and I was incredibly bored for about the first half of the movie. I actually almost fell asleep. And if if you like Richard knows that that I'm not a person that falls asleep like that. I, I don't sleep very much <laughs> at all. So it's like for me to be that tired or be that bored is, is amazing. Uh, and then I watched it last night and I actually liked it more than the first time I watched it. But I also don't think it's very good. And part of the reason why I'm saying I don't think it's long enough is that I don't get a sense of the character yeah. or the motivations of most of the people in this movie. They are just engineered to be sort of memeable um, characters that, that people are going to construct memes around. And and they I don't know what their motivations are. I don't really know what they're feeling. And the end of the movie, which should be a lot more emotionally resonant than it than it actually is, I think is a real problem. And yeah. it, it, you know, the problem with this movie is that if they had cut out 20 minutes of the action and inserted 10 minutes of character stuff, I think it would be a much better movie. Or imagine this is a one season TV series in which each character gets an episode in which, I mean, I, I, I don't know a single character's name. So, you know, give me an episode or two about the blind dude. Give me a episode or two about his Wookiee friend, you know, let, let actually tell us who these characters are because uh, as you said memeable characters i think that's correct do you want they want to say wow he's blind and a badass that's so cool i'm the internet i love this you know that's that kind of, that that's what that character is i i i mean star wars itself and we did cover all of the star wars movies thus far so this is kind of a, a continuation of that for us um Characters like Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia and Han Solo are very iconic and archetypal. I... These characters didn't feel archetypal enough, and yet they weren't characters enough? Yeah. Well, it's 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 funny to me, right? Because... I, and I think that this is going to be kind of a weird conversation because there's a lot of different places to go. But you're right. Like, all of the characters feel very flat. I could not tell you a single one of their names, yeah. to be honest with you. I wrote some of them down. But at a certain point, the the Star Trek, the Star Wars name generator just gets to be kind of ridiculous. I don't know how they come up with these names. I guess I'm glad that they stick with these bizarre names. But for me, I don't really care that much. I'm not a Star Wars person. I, I mean, I, and, and, I think that 
is emblematic of the entire because you will re- you do know the names from the original trilogy and all of that because they are so singular and strange and flashy and now they've just become routine and just it's well, stamped they they are and they aren't though i mean luke skywalker that's not that weird i mean i i kind of feel like if you know star wars had been remade or something they would rename luke skywalker like I don't even know what. I can't even think of one. It would just be some bizarre name like Cumberbatch or something. You know what I mean? Ugh. Like, it's just... Yeah, well, then he would probably be played by Cumberbatch as oh, well. Oh, no, no, but, no, no. Why does that man have work? He's just a bunch of angles. He's a scarecrow. Um, but I think that, that, like, what it comes down to for me is that it, it, it feels like the kind of movie where people sat down and said, you know what Star Wars has too much of? Fun. <laughs> We're going to take all the fun out and we're going to make it a serious look at the rebellion and a, a really serious war movie. And it's just like that that scene in the Jetta City where um, there's, there's a very brief scene of a, of a toddler just yeah. wailing because she's in the middle of the battle. I laughed. <laughs> I, 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 it just, it, it's, it's so cliche. So, yeah, it's just it, like it's, that's the moment when you know that Jyn Erso actually has a heart and she's actually doing something nice to save another person. You're like, it's, it's just so telegraphed to be we are taking this seriously yeah. as a war movie. And it's like, I, I, I mean, look, I, I, I don't mean to criticize anyone for, for loving a franchise. And I think that there are other areas in which this, this movie is probably very satisfying if you're a Star Wars fan, which I am not and you are yeah. not. But and I and I'm totally trying to approach it with an open mind, of course. But I just think that there's an there's a level of oh, this is a real look at the Star Wars yeah. universe, and I guess people wanted this. I don't necessarily want this, and there are much like there are much better movies out there. Like I was, you know, uh, doing some research on this movie for before we recorded this, and one of the things I saw was like, we need Rogue One now more than ever, and it's like. Have any of you ever seen like the Battle of Algiers? I mean, it's just like, come on! Like, there are so many better war movies out there that have more of a point of view and are actually grounded in real struggle in the real world. Yeah. That you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't begrudge anybody for for finding solace in in science fiction or fantasy or genre because I've been doing that with Star Trek. But I also understand that that I'm not really extrapolating it out into the real world. I'm not, as much. No. I, I would disagree with us because during our DS9 podcasts, uh, we talked a hell of a lot about the current political situation. I mean, that we are finishing up that up around the time Trump was elected, right? So we were yeah. certainly talking about Gold Ducat in the context of Trump, in the context of authoritarianism. I think we, uh, I, I think we have. We, Star Wars just isn't our language in a lot of ways. Star Trek is. I think we have. We appreciate DS9 for its more realistic take on the Federation. We appreci- We generally appreciate when they are taking Federation philosophy seriously. We generally like when the Federation is going up against its antithesis because we like to see these philosophies go up against each other because we like Trek. I, I, I guess I was thinking in terms of what does this um, – the – if you think about movies in terms of delivery systems, uh, like what am I getting out of this movie? This movie is a delivery system for, number one, a bunch of continuity with the earlier Star Wars movies, and number two, space battles and, you know, that beach battle scene. Now, I personally don't – I find long action sequences extremely boring. This is my – I'm waiting for the movie to actually happen. I just kind of 
glanced at this movie. There were large parts of this movie where I was just kind of glancing at it because I didn't yeah. really care. And in terms of the Star Wars stuff, it felt not only very unnecessary, it it I guess I want to deal with this movie in the context of The Force Awakens. Uh, because The Force Awakens, one of the big criticisms about it was that, oh, it's a, it's a remake of the original Star Wars. It doesn't do anything. Where I felt its repetition of the themes of the original trilogy was very uh, – making some very deep points. I felt that this was just to say, oh, hey, I remember that tower from Return of the Jedi. Oh, hey, it's that guy who accosted Link in the uh, – Link. It's that guy who accosted Luke in the cantina. I remember that. Oh, he begins to say, I've got a bad feeling, but he's, you know, he's shut down. That's never happened in the trilogy before. This seems like just very shallow uh, points so that that the nerds in the audience can feel like, wow, I know this thing. Uh, get that little yeah. thing. I, I definitely feel like there there was I, I actually like the fact that for the most part the movie does avoid small universe syndrome, but there, you're right, like there are a couple points well, that the guy the, the cantina guys, yeah. for instance, that, that bump into um what's her name? Uh, I don't even know her name, the you know Jin Urso. Jin Urso, yeah, there you go. So um and then also, you know, C three PO and R two D two at sort towards the end of the movie when everyone is leaving to to go to the battle. Yeah. And it's like, come on, did we really need to see them? Like there's no point to this and to a very large degree uh i felt that hurt the movie i mean the two scenes with darth vader was and that i mean my favorite scene of the movie was at the very ending when darth vader is just and they're trying to get the day that was the one genuinely tense scary and just visually spectacular scene that was in the movie and it was because it reminded me of a better villain from a better movie Right, because like Darth Vader is an actual character, yeah, and, and, and we know him. Uh, yeah, and I don't think the movie does anything to earn Darth Vader's character. Again, Darth Vader in this movie is taking the uh, goodwill or, or enmity or whatever of uh, what, what is it? Uh, Forty years of existence of being in our consciousness. It's Darth fucking Vader, and he is attacking all of these people, and it's a that that was a scene that worked. The rest of I it, mean, it it does raise the question of why Darth Vader never did that yeah. in the original trilogy. But you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll just he was he was energetic because he just came out of that tank or whatever. Listen, I have read a cu- I haven't gone deep into the weeds of this, but I have read the fan justifications for that. And okay, um, like I guess when I say Force Awakens has some deep points in its repetition. Um, you know, we talked a bit about this on our episode we did about that but i found the movie fairly prescient in a way the movie is essentially well we defeated the empire and now they're back in the skies of the first order and they're doing the exact same shit that we did uh in our world we we fought the nazis we had the civil rights act all of that the baby boomer generation figured okay we've ended racism we've ended fascism fascism in america this is all okay and then the rise of the alt-right and trump go and say no you really didn't finish this and now it's the exact same shit we're dealing with i mean that i found uh, i found force awakens repetition of all of that to be again to be to be very politically relevant to be very relevant to the world that we are living in uh rogue one didn't have any of those points to make it just makes some right some vague stuff about hope and sacrifice and we've got to do the right thing but not in any way that's 
insightful or interesting or again even if the uh, new hopes themes are just general good over evil it at least looked cool it at least cemented itself in the public consciousness this movie and this movie would not be a good gateway into star wars in any way and frankly i can we need rogue one more than ever i can't see somebody who is has never watched a star wars movie watching rogue one and saying oh this is really cool you know i i actually well I, I agree with that. I think that Rogue One is one of the only Star Wars movies that that someone who has never seen Star Wars could actually sit down and watch and make sense of. The one thing I do like about the movie is that it does hmm. a, a good job of telling a self-contained story and it does a good job of introducing all of its characters and it 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 doesn't re- you know it, it 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 but it it's it's trading on the um, on the tropes of the original Star Wars. One of the reasons why the original Star Wars worked so well is that it was trafficking in very, very basic archetypes. The Empire, the Rebellion, good versus evil, the for- you know, all this kind of stuff, right? You don't need a long explanation for that. Empire is bad, Rebellion yeah. is good. Got it, okay. This movie also does that. But it, it, but it also wants to expand the palette of the Rebellion and make it into a real thing and have different factions in the Rebellion. Yes. And I'm just like, I don't care about the internal politics of the rebellion of Star Wars. Like, you know, this is supposed to be a fun archetypal look at good versus evil. And you're turning it into uh, uh, a, I don't even know what. I mean, it's just. A movie for adults. You're taking a movie for kids and families and turning it into a movie for adults. This is the general thing that you will see in a lot of critiques of comics and movies and stuff about saying this stuff. In a way, the adult nerds are taking everything. This is from our, my childhood, and I still want it. And you need to write it to appeal to a guy in his, who's now in his 30s. And, yeah. you know, this is not for kids anymore. Now, this is not to say that franchises and ideas can't evolve, and they should evolve. But I I was always okay with leaving Star Wars as that movie I watched when I was a kid. And, you know, I'll if it's on again, I'll watch it. I, yeah. No, I, I – yeah. I agree with you because I think that the, like what it really comes down to for me is that even when something like the the Force Awakens, right? I think you've only seen it once, yeah. right? I, I've seen it a couple other times, and I'll tell you, it does not improve with rewatching it. Um, the, I think I've seen it three times. The third time I watched it, I was bored through most of it, and and primarily it's because the first time I saw it, it was new, it was exciting. Yeah. You know, whatever you say about J.J. Abrams, he knows how to put together an action movie. Um, and and but once you see everything and once you know the plot, I don't really get a good sense that there's a lot of. Um, I, I don't really get a good sense that there's a lot of character resonance there, other than the the forty years of yeah character beats that we have come to know and appreciate with han solo and princess leia and luke skywalker and all those characters right like i don't remember i mean i think finn is one of them and i don't know the ray yeah. i think is her name like and then oscar they're, isaacs they're, <laughs> and then oscar isaac but like you know the movie does a pretty good job of trying to establish these characters as more interesting characters archetypes that could stand up to the original star wars but at the end of the day i don't know that it it I don't know that it does yeah. a good job of making me care about them in the same way that I cared about the characters in the original Star Wars. Yeah, and so, which... But I think this movie does an even worse job of that because you're right. Like it is totally calculated to be um, a, a memeable uh, paint by numbers action movie that appeals to all sorts. It, it's hitting all of those geek 
uh, levels, and and I just don't find that kind of movie. I don't find that kind of movie making interesting. It's the same reason why I don't like the Marvel movies, for instance. You know, Disney bought Star Wars and is trying to turn it into some sort of expanded universe with all of these movies that are coming out every year. And who who needs this? I mean. If you like Star Wars and you really care about the plot holes in A New Hope and you want to find out how they stole the Death Star and why the Death Star had this, uh, I mean, we'll engage with the plot of the movie in a few minutes, but like, if you want to find out why the Death Star has this stupid flaw and all this kind of yeah. stuff, hey, more power to you. But but one of the things that I've realized in, 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 in podcasting critically on, on television and movies for, for almost five years now is that I don't care about plot that much. And so... A movie like this, which is really designed to A, make yeah. money, let's be clear, and B, fill a bunch of plot holes from a 40-year-old movie that wasn't really treated seriously. It's a movie for kids and a movie for adults to feel like kids. Uh, who the fuck cares? He, 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 this movie is off, obviously going to bring us some ideas about the mainstreaming of nerd culture, and... I am the type of asshole who always does not, who doesn't like pop, right? I I don't like the most mainstream. I don't like to watch the thing everybody else is watching because I find it just kind of boring. Uh, nerd culture, in its initial state, and we're talking about let's talk about the guy who saw Star Wars six times when it ca- came out in 1977, right? That guy was seeking out something that wasn't necessarily the most mainstream. Most of the stuff that he was reading and watching was probably relatively obscure, and you had to dig a bit for it. Now, certainly this is not to say that Star Wars has been an underground thing. I mean, I think it fairly quickly became a hit and fairly quickly became a juggernaut. Um, And I guess I'm not interested in the shit when it's what everybody else knows because that's so easy and obvious and I'd like to get something that's a little more – there's no way to have this conversation without sounding like a total fucking snob. But I don't want to go to the movies and watch a big blockbuster movie. Yeah. Well, I, I mean I think <laughs> that there's a way – I think there's a – I kind of agree with you, but I also think there's a way in which there is a – there's a lack of – critical eye that people watch these movies with and that's again that's fine i mean i think that if you want to go to the movies and watch a bunch of action spectacle and just move on with your day that's great like yeah I think we all have those things i mean i like to watch you know terrible tv shows like the uh i can't i don't remember the name of them but they're they're awful you know i mean i like to watch shark tank for instance <laughs> i mean that's not a good tv show but i watch it because it's enjoyable and it's something to do on wednesday night before i go to bed well yeah um that's brainless and entertaining but but i think that that when you talk about these movies as because there is some reason why this movie exists right like star wars has stayed around in the public consciousness for 40 years for some sort of reason and but at the same time i look at this movie and i just say is this a good example of why people love star wars and and it isn't and 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 fundamentally it's not even a very good movie that i guess that I guess that's clarifying for it. I mean, this is something that I got into uh, years ago when I was writing more regularly about video games, and I was writing about the big video games that were coming out, and I was finally getting to the age and the point in my life when I'm like, this is kind of crappy. Like, why are you treating Skyward Sword like it's the best video game that ever came out? Like, it's okay if this is not good, and it's also okay if you don't, and then you get to the point where you're looking at the people who are resenting this thing for existing, like, how fucking dare you? And, you know, and it's like you can deta- – the 
Realizing that I could detach from pop culture was one of the very... I think that's one of the moments in our cultural growing up that we do nowadays. Like, that's one of those... Yeah. That's one of those stages that we all have to get to because we can realize, all right, this is okay if it's for people younger than me. I don't have to. I'm not missing out on this if I don't necessarily see this. I mean, I didn't... I was fine to watch Rogue One for the patron special, but I didn't want to see it going in, and I think I would, you know, having seen it, I would have been okay in my life if I hadn't. hadn't. It didn't... I mean, there's, you get that... You, you, I'm sure you did too. You used to have that thing where you felt like a movie or a book or something had the secret, right? Like, if you watch this, it's gonna have the insight that's gonna make it all... and. I think as you get older, you realize that that's fewer and farther between, and it's probably not going to be in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, well, right, exactly. I mean, I think that that I do think there are movies like that that I watch every few years and trying to figure out. I mean, but I, then again, I mean, you you say you're a snob. I'm a snob too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I the movies sit, for I, us are like Lost in Translation and Computer Chess. You know that one. right? Or, or or like Gene Dealman, a uh, Twenty Three Quadra Commerce, Brussels. Like, I think that that I saw that movie in November on the big screen for the first time. It's you know, and if you don't know it, you should go and watch it, even though <laughs> most people are going to be bored out of their mind. But like, I I took a friend to it in November. Uh, uh, in downtown Portland at the art museum. It's that kind of movie. And, and you know, it was a Saturday night. There were like 15 people there. It's this three-hour-long experimental movie by this feminist filmmaker, uh, uh, Chantal Ackerman. And, you know, it is... It is I, I was mesmerized by it. I mean, like, I could not look away from the screen. And it, it's that kind of movie-making experience that I like and that so many other people don't. And that's okay. Yeah, and, I'm, not and, pushing, I'm not pushing anyone to say... I think what really gets me about it is like if you criticize... Like, you can criticize that kind of movie and it's okay because it's for snobs or feats or, or whatever or intellectuals and it's all right. But but when you criticize a Star Wars movie and you say, you know what, this actually isn't that good. Everyone's like, how, do you, how dare you say that? It's the same reason why people react to... Um, you know, I like to say that I don't like the Marvel movies. And I, I watched uh, uh, Captain America's Civil War last week. And while I say I watched it, I more just like sat through yeah. it blankly and, and, and like didn't even finish it. Right. Like I just I turned it off. It was like two and a half hours long. Like, why is this movie so long? It's just a series of action sequences, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And, and it's not a movie. It's a collection of action sequences interspersed with characters talking at each other. There's no co- there, there's not even an attempt to make like a, a cohesive, coherent you know internalized story in that movie it's just here's another it's 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 serialized tele it's the serialized television approach to movie making but that's not what movies are good at well and and it's like if you make a movie and i have to go watch 17 other movies to find out what was going on in this movie you failed at making a movie i'm sorry you just have i feel like uh I mean, I know part of the thing for me is I don't really like movies. I th- Sitting in a theater for three hours is an extraordinarily uncomfortable-sounding experience for me. You know, that's my thing. Uh, I am the guy who will sit and play a 100-hour video game. And I guess to me, a handful of action sequences broken up by some incoherent people talking at each other is video games t- in a nutshell, if you want to be very unfair towards them. And you actually get to do something during the action sequences. You know, whether you're playing a button masher where you're just getting into this flow and that's a nice meditative state, or whether it's, uh, I like to play a lot of the intricate RPGs and whether it's, you know, an intellectual exercise like that, 
I'm doing something. I feel like when I'm sitting and watching a big blockbuster movie, I am wasting time because I'm just sitting there. Well, yeah, but I, and I, mean, that, I don't want to go too far down a road of talking of about how you hate movies or not. But I think that one of the things with, with your dislike of movies in general, and that's fine. I mean, there, yeah. there are art forms and I, I don't will really also, like either. But and I will also say, I, the, I know Gene Dealman is not a movie you can kind of turn your – or, I mean, for you, it's a flow state movie. But there are intellect, you know, intellectual movies. There are movies that are very cerebral. I mean, the, there you do there are movies that get those pleasures. I am, I guess, yeah. talking about the, why I don't watch the Marvel movies. But anyway. And I think if you had something to fidget with your hands while you watched a movie, you'd feel a lot better about it. You're just that kind of person. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's why you like video games more than movies, frankly, because you're doing something, and that's yeah. okay. You know, I mean, I think that's fine. Everybody has their own their own sort of um, likes and dislikes, and 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 you know what their brain can handle and what their brain can't handle. So maybe we but should I put think... a patron goal for a fidget spinner for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good idea. If you want to up your play, if you want to up your. Pitch, Please, please do so for a fish. It's better for Richard. Well, yeah, and I, I think the last thing I'll say about sort of the, the meta-ness of this yeah. movie in, in, in general, and then we can kind of engage with it as a movie, is that fundamentally speaking, uh, I think that, like, I look at this movie and I say, it is so calculated to appeal to the types of people that did not like the prequel trilogy. And you know what? Mm. Fair disclosure, I don't like the prequel trilogy either, but... I would rather watch any one of them than this again because at least George Lucas was trying to do something new. Well, I would, and this movie is trying to uh, 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 do nothing new. It is just trying to tell a very bog standard action movie story with some resonances of the real world and making it gritty and blah blah blah, paint by numbers, ending with a big space battle. It's like, come on, did did you try at all? No, they didn't because they knew that's not what people wanted to see. I think that if you look at both The Force Awakens and Rogue One, and we'll see what – I don't even know what the next one is called. Um, Last Jedi if, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, The Last Jedi. I think you're right. Uh, it, 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 you, primarily, I think critically, you have to look at the the, the Disney, quote-unquote, Star Trek movie – or Star Wars movies um, – we do Star Trek, so yeah. I keep saying Star Trek. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you have to look at the Disney Star Wars movies critically as a reaction to the prequel trilogy because that is not what people wanted to see from Star Wars. They didn't want anything new from Star Wars. And I'm not I'm not saying the prequel trilogies are perfect. We certainly pilloried them, you know, on, on Trek About Presents uh, last year. But, you know, I just I don't think that, that the prequel trilogy necessarily was was were bad movies. Well, be, they're like they're they're interesting to watch at least, and this is just boring as shit. And I think that that's true for for the Force Awakens as well. It's this calculated attempt to do exactly the opposite of what the prequel trilogies did. It's very these movies are very conservative in a way that I find objectionable. Well, one of the reasons that I one of the things I loved that the prequel trilogies and the original tri- trilogy had in common was a very strong sense of place throughout. I mean, the first third roughly of a new hope is just hanging out on Tatooine and you know just this is the kind of stuff that happens on Tatooine or now we're in Dagobah and here's what this place looks like or you know here's the forest moon of Endor or that gigantic city planet or we're on Tatooine again you know and certainly I mean the force awakens the only parts that had a sense of place for me was the Tatooine segments because this is the third time we've been to this place this is becoming very familiar to us um Otherwise, I mean, Rogue One, I can't tell you what a single planet looked like in that. There was no, it, it, it's, 
And I feel like that is very something very that Star Wars does very well that is lost. I mean, there is this we are supposed to uh, the 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 original six movies feel like we're going to show you some crazy places that, you know, come from the imagination of George Lucas and that you're never going to see anywhere else. And we're going to show you fantastic creatures and we're going I mean, there is no sense of wonder in these movies in Rogue One or Force Awakens. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, even to the point where how many different locations do we visit in the first 15 minutes of this movie? Yes! It's like, we're here, then we're here, then we're there, then we're here, then we're there. And it's like, will you just slow down, please? I had and, no and, idea what half of these were. I thought we were on Tatooine when those two guys appeared, by the way. That completely fucking confused me. <laughs> well, let's, I mean, let's let's move on from, from talking about it as sort of a meta thing, yeah. talking about the movie itself, because I do think there are some things to actually talk about with the movie. And... I don't necessarily think, like I said, I mean, to keep beating this dead horse, I don't think it's a good movie, and I think it has fundamental problems that that probably should have been fixed. But I don't know that you could really fix them if the the problem with the movie is that it's a conservative movie that was made to appeal to a very different demographic and and just did not... uh, uh, I mean, famously, they reshot the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie 30 minutes of the movie i don't know how it ended originally mm-hmm. but uh, the implication is that that big space battle was not in the original version of the movie um so there is kind of a sop to the idea of what people want from a star wars yeah. movie and i don't know i think that there could like when i first saw this movie the thing that struck me about it was that um and i actually think this movie works better on on uh, the television than it does in the movie okay. kind of weirdly enough because uh, when I watched it in the theater, I remember thinking that that all of the acting was very muted and everybody seemed like they were on a bunch of Xanax. Mm. And I didn't find that to be the case this time. I think the, the the acting work in this movie is very subtle. These are people that are beaten down. They're tired. Um, and it, th- those kind of emotions, yeah. I think, just play better on a small screen. But in, in terms of how this movie is constructed to tell this story, it's messy as shit. Mm. And... There's not enough time spent on any of these one characters to get a sense of who they are as people. Yeah, not even Jyn Erso. We 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 were told she lived this criminal life beforehand, but we don't get any sense sense of that really shining through. Uh, again, cross that to Han Solo, who has certainly lived like as life as a rogue, and who we know through his entire appearances is kind of an asshole, even when he's being nice. I mean. Jin doesn't have enough of a Jin, Jin doesn't have that much of a personality. No, Jin Jin has almost no personality and and she has a very I mean it's Which, a very cliched uh, uh, character arc with the rogue becomes yeah. the person who secretly wants to uh help the universe and fight and it's like really But again you're, you're, that's I mean you could say that about Luke Skywalker doesn't have a ton of personality but we know he has certain hopes and ambitions he wants to go into the academy at the beginning he's feeling you know we we know these little bits about him even if we don't learn that much more about his inner life I don't know how Jin really feels about anything but that's but that's the difference in the two movies though Richard is yeah. that I don't think that Star Wars is a movie about character and and it's a it's a action adventure movie that is based on the old serials of the 40s and 50s and it's telling a very very um you know bog standard story but it's doing it with flair and style and and this movie is trying to take this universe seriously in a way that I don't think 
is very successful. And if you're, but if you're going to take this universe and this setting seriously, you need to spend time with character. Work. Yeah. And, and this movie doesn't do that. I mean, fundamentally, like the, the character is, is, um, uh, uh, what's his name with the feet? Uh, Galen, is that his name? Um, like who that's is the, he? The father? No, uh, sorry. Yeah. Not the father. Uh, um, the guy that's played by, uh, is that Forrest Whitaker? I don't is that his name? I don't know. The, the actor, you know, the actor with the big fro and, you know, in the movie. Oh, and the um, oxygen who, who mask, rest- you know. Ch- yeah. Who- I keep, kept waiting for him to go, baby wants to fuck at some point, but. <laughs> who who rescues yeah. uh, Jin from the hole in the ground or wherever the fuck she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, why is he in the movie? Uh, apparently he is from the Clone Wars series, so. Who gives a shit? The, the people who watch the Clone Wars series. Okay, so this is this is an example of the kind of Marvel well, yeah. storytelling that, that is like. This is not good for this movie. This character should not be in this movie. If you need to watch an entire television series to know who this character is, this is not a good movie. Well, you know, I, that was exactly a point that we made during Revenge of the Sith, because remember that guy at the beginning with all of the arms and the robot dude? Uh, he Who is set up to be this major villain? Well, he is a major villain in the Clone Wars series, and the... Uh, Revenge of the Sith is how he's finally defeated kind of a thing. So it's it comes as a very climactic moment if you've been following the series. And if you have been following the series, the death of Saw Gore or whatever his name is, is going to probably be a poignant moment. But that's not us. Again, I don't think this movie was made for us. Yeah, I guess not. But it it's the case where it does try to tell a self-contained yeah. story though and and fundamentally speaking you know this is going back to a meta criticism of of this type of movie storytelling in general but you are making a movie you're not making a television show i mean i don't if know you need I... to, if you need to watch like you know if you need to watch the the web animated shorts and you need to watch a television show and you need to watch the six other movies in the series to make sense of it like that's not a well, good movie. Here's the thing. I'm I, sorry, it's just not. Like I look at the I look at all of the the Star Trek movies for example yeah. and yeah, certainly if you've seen the original series and you've seen the other movies, like you're going to get some interesting uh, uh it's you're going to get more out of the experience, but fundamentally speaking, someone could sit down and watch Star Trek 4 and and have a good time with it and completely make sense and not feel like they're they're missing anything. I guess I don't have a problem with this style of storytelling. I don't have a problem with storytelling evolving. I mean, television has gone into this serialized format that it was not on. I feel like to say movies can't be made this way is to say, well, TV should be self-contained episode to episode. I mean, it does seem like... No, 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 because because, because fundamentally speaking, a television is a series of episodes that people sit down and watch and, and serializing the storytelling of a television series makes sense as a logical development of that art form. Movies have been around for a lot longer than television. And fundamentally speaking, a movie is a self-contained story that has a lot more to do with the short story or novel format than it does with the television show. Now, if you're talking about sequels, fine, but, but even sequels before Marvel, uh, tried to try to tell some sort of self-contained story. I mean, look at something like The Empire Strikes Back, for example. Um, that still tells a very satisfying self-contained story, but it also follows with what happened in Star Wars, and the same is true of The Return of the Jedi. 
it's just not the case that that movies are good at this form of serialized storytelling like television shows are they're just not i mean i don't know if i don't know if 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 you can make that particular statement about the medium or it's just we haven't seen it done well yet because i guess for me the reason i'm not all up in this bandwagon is because of how i guess commercialized it is and feels all of it doesn't seem like i mean the the to me, making all these, you have to watch all of these movies and watch the web serial is like uh, in the 80s when they would make adventure games difficult so you'd have to buy the hint guide. Like, it does seem like this is a marketing strategy rather than this is a complicated story that we need to tell in a very uh, in a very particular way. It, it, it does hit all of these different angles. I, I guess that's... Um, but there's but there's a there's a nature to movies that is just very different from television and if you want to tell an ongoing serialized story make a fucking television show because the the economics of the system are set up to do that the economics of movies are not set up to do that like movies take a lot of time to make they're very expensive the the lead time on them is extremely long and if you're making if you're trying to make a serialized series of movies yeah you can do it but it's going to be very commercial. It's not going to be very interesting. And fundamentally speaking, it, it's a fad, I think. I think that this kind of storytelling is is due to Marvel and the success of Marvel. Everyone is trying to ape it, and this is going to die and go away but in, in 10 years. I Like I said, I don't necessarily – that does make sense in that way. Um, and I guess time will tell. But again, I'm not really on the MCU bandwagon. Um, I don't really <laughs> – and I guess you know, and I guess it is true that that does tell different stories in its movies than it does in its shows. So, yeah, well, I don't like the Marvel TV shows either. So there we are. Uh, um, I liked Luke Cage. Yeah, just, yeah, maybe we'll do a maybe we'll do a patron special on Luke Cage at some point. No, no, I don't now mean I the series. I mean the actor. Oh, the actor. Well, yeah, he's a very handsome man. Um, so, so we keep talking not about the movie, which maybe is an indication. That well, I mean, we what's there to, to say about, about the movie? movie? So, you know, th- at the beginning of Star Wars for A New Hope, or as I like to call it, Star Wars, uh, Princess Leia has these plans, and that's kickstarted the plot of it, and Darth Vader is... I was... I have never had the question, how did Princess Leia end up with these plans? I assumed it's the Rebellion, uh, they they just handed it to her, and you know that's where we're going. I mean, now we're at the interesting part. We've skipped past the uh, stuff that could be dealt with in one sentence. This is two and a hours and fourteen minutes explaining one sentence. I mean, I feel like Rogue Two. Right. I'm really worried that that's going to be two hour two and a half hours explaining many bothans died to get us this information. Well, I, I will say that the one thing I admire about this movie, because it would have been very easy to not do this, is they kill everyone. Yeah, I, I, was... I, I, I will I will say that that is a nice choice for the movie, yeah. and I admire that choice, because it would have been very easy to leave some of them alive and just kind of go, well, they all went on vacation or something, you know, like, but fundamentally speaking, logically, it does have to make sense that they all, they would all die because none of them are in the other movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, li- I like that. I, I will say that that is something that I liked about this movie. That's actually where I figured it was going to go because, again, you, you, you would think that there would have been an adult Jenner or so in uh, Force Awakens because they damn well knew that right. she was, you know, going to be a character at that point. Um, 
So, well, let's let's talk about. Um, there's a couple more things that I would like yeah. to talk about before we wrap this patron special up. One of them is, you know, uh, a technological. Yes. Thing. Oh. Um, we need to talk about the CGI Grand Tark, Grand Moff Tark, we... and the CGI Princess Leia. Oh, be- and and I would like to add into this conversation uh, because I think it's. Um, instructive alan tudyk doing a bad c3po impression throughout the movie yes yeah i think i I would agree with that here's the thing um we have i i i think cgi leia is the best way to go into this because for me cgi leia looks horrifying um and carrie fisher has a daughter who is an actress billy lord who looks exactly like her mother at that age princess leia is yeah, I mean, she was had a minor part in uh, Force Awakens. She is part of the Star Wars family. Um, give her that hairstyle and that dress and and certain makeup, and she will be able to pull off a "This is Princess Leia" back in the day. That would have been much more effective. Again, to have the recast, and it would have been a more profound moment to me. As it were, I'm seeing a zombie. And I th- yeah, I it's I agree with you. I think um, not not to cut you off, but but the one question I have now that Carrie Fisher has unfortunately gone, died is, um, would they have done this if this movie was coming out this year? Yeah, I don't know because they um, I I, I know they've talked about they're not going to use CGI uh, Carrie Fisher in Force Awakens, um, and that is because I think. There would be a very that would be very distasteful this this early on. Um, but it's 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 interesting to me because this is really the the first big movie like this yeah. I can think of that that decided that CGI was at a point where you could do this. And people have been talking about this literally for twenty years, and I think I mean, to my knowledge, this is the first movie to to really do it. I mean, and, and to really commit to it. And you know, the re- like the like, but you could ask the question: Okay, well, they do this for Grand Moff Tark, and they do this for Princess Leia. Why don't they do this for um, whatever her name is, uh, the the leader of the rebellion in the yes. dress? And you know, they recast that role. That now is- the, the you know. The cynical answer is, of course, nobody knows who that actress is, and everybody knows who Peter Cushing is, and everyone knows who who Carrie Fisher is. Yeah, and again, maybe the Peter Cushing character you can't recast. He is too significant. Again, I just gave you a practical effect of how you could do do Princess Leia at the end, uh, one which would be a lot cheaper because it would be her in ten minutes of makeup and then an hour on set. Um, well, let me let, let, like like let, like let's be blunt. CGI is still not at a good yeah. enough point to do this. Here, and if they if they had recast Grand Moff Tarkin, my brain would have had a problem with it for about ten seconds, and then yeah. it would have gone, okay, that's Grand Moff Tarkin. Let's move yeah. on. Every single time, this is the second time I've seen this movie, and this was true for the first time I saw it too. Every single time that that Grand Moff Tarkin zombie puppet CGI character was in the movie in a scene, I literally could not pay attention to what anyone was saying because I was too focused on the fact that my brain was screaming, that's not real, that's not real, that's not a real person. Now, here's the thing. I Let's do a thought experiment. and Let's imagine the scene with Moff Tarkin and Leia in... Star Wars with with the destruction of Alderaan. If we have just those two, if we have that scene redone in with the CGI versions of both of them, it would be fine because they're being played up against each other. And the realism is good enough. Again, I play a lot of video games. I'm used to understanding this level of detail as reading it as a human being. 
but when you're putting it next to and interacting with an actual human being, it looks obvious. It looks very obvious, and yeah. it's very off-putting. I ended this actually absolutely hating Princess Leia <laughs> with just these horrible feelings towards her, which is weird. Well, and I think they realized that the Princess Leia CGI wasn't as good as the Tarkin CGI because the the Princess Leia CGI is in the movie for basically like 10 seconds. Yeah. And, you know, you, I, I mean, I don't have as much of a problem with that. I think it's a little, no. it's a little tasteless, but whatever. No, it's, um, it's just, a, it's stupid. It's stupid. Exactly. It's just, it, it's the kind of thing where the movie goes, you know, it would be cool if we had Princess Leia in the movie for the last 10 seconds to tie all this together. And, you know, I will say, like, the look of this movie is good. Yeah. It, it keeps to the aesthetic of the Star Wars universe. Like, you know, like, for example, like, I'll be curious to see what people think about this look of Star Trek Discovery, because Star Trek Discovery takes place in the same universe as the original series, only it's 10 years before the cage, I believe. Uh, it doesn't look like anything that we saw in that tv show and people are like well you couldn't have the look of the original series in a big budget uh, um, television show in 2017 because no one would buy it it would look cheap and i don't necessarily agree with that i think that there is a way to do it that would honor the original look of it and still be modern and and fresh looking i mean people are like you can't have buttons on the bridge it's going to look stupid well they have this in star wars they had this yeah. in rogue one and it looked fine i mean especially when you consider that the original series star trek is a bit more of a military thing and would be more stripped down is not as much based on comfort and aesthetics you could wait you could certainly add a little more detail and have the rest explained away by that but anyway we are talking about star trek instead of star wars which again is indicative um I guess with the with this robot that's not C3PO again why either you now now they couldn't have what's his name because there is a brief C3PO scene fine but why are you hi- hiring an actual actor who is American and not known for that kind of role when you could hi- if you really want to do a C3PO impression hire a nobody who can do it better I don't know it just seemed like this 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 tension with the voice in that was, I think, emblematic of a lot of this. It is kind of too slavishly uh, clinging to certain aspects of the original movies. Yeah. It, it isn't, it isn't, it doesn't do the things that the original trilogy does well, but it's too afraid to completely find its own voice. Well, let me ask you a question. Maybe this is a, a good question to, to end this patron special on is fundamentally speaking, do you think that fans of something that grew up with it can be trusted to do a good job of making another one of the thing that they love and not have it be uh, uh, what Rogue One turned out to be, which was a slavish fanish uh, 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 movie. I don't know. And I think you could make this argument with The Force Awakens as well with J.J. Abrams being yeah. a huge Star Wars fan. I don't know. I, I... Certain things, and I mean, you and I have talked off podcast a lot about, oh, if we had our... If we were writing a Star Trek movie, what would it be? You know, we've had our certain... Our takes on the Federation and... Our our Star Trek movie that we would write, I am sure, would have stuff that we find very important and core to the Star Trek experience. Uh, 
we have our idea of what makes up Star Trek, but I, I think our podcast demonstrates that we don't necessarily have the same view all the other fans have in some ways. Um, the writers and the director of Rogue One, their view of what the core of the Star Wars universe is maybe just very different from ours. Again, for me, it's a sense of place. It's the sense of wonder and adventure and these archetypal characters. But for these people, it may just be. I'm really interested in... I mean, the, Rogue One is what I assume all of the expanded universe novels have been this entire time. Yeah, I mean, I, I will out myself as a um, Star Wars expanded universe novel re uh, reader in, in my teenage years. Um, and I think that, yeah, you're right. Like it did kind of feel like that. There were some ones that were very good. Uh, I think the, um, whatever ones about the, the, the rebirth of the empire were, were very good, but most of them are like this. Most of them are just like, let's fill in gaps in the story. And it's like, I don't care about this. Which I mean, and Star Trek certainly has that too. I remember you were telling me about the one book you read where it, it goes into what the toilets on the Federation are like and how exactly that ties into the replicator. And it's, Oh, the fucking fresher yeah. thing that drives me insane. Yeah, exactly. But obviously that writer has a very different view of what makes up Star Trek. For them, it's, I really am curious about the day-to-day -day minutia of the technology. You know, how does, uh, I mean, you and I have made the joke, who cleans the toilets in the Federation? For us, that is a question about social class and about, uh, you know, in every society, the Armenial jobs, you know, how do you have a society based on, that is explicitly based around the conception that there is equality and there is no underclass, but there are jobs that are horrible. And, and that nobody needs to work because all of the needs of life are provided for. But Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, so so again, yeah. these, these are interesting social questions for us. For this writer, it's, well, yeah, who cleans the toilets in the Federation? Maybe it's a technology thing and here's the technology. Um, yeah. So I, you know, there is a certain mindset that is interested in how the rebellion is formed and who is in the rebellion, and does the rebellion agree with itself? Does it? And well, yeah. And, and finally, I mean, my final point about this, and and, and then we can wrap this up. Um, you know, after you make your final point, is that uh, I will say that fundamentally speaking, if someone wanted to make a weird, depressing Star Wars movie about the the early days of the rebellion, that that had that had sort of a, 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 a this movie feels very lifeless and airless if it felt like yeah. a, a real movie that that was telling an interesting story i think i'd be all on board with it but that movie would be critically pilloried and all of the geeks wouldn't like it so you know i just shouldn't watch star wars movies i guess and that's fine well, you know again star wars is not for me yeah we're not star wars fans i think what we want out of a science fiction property certainly star wars has some of that uh, I mean, this is something that's been going on for 40 years, has God knows how many tie-ins, and, you know, it is a rich vein of things that has accreted, just as Star Trek is a rich vein of things that has accreted, and mm -hmm. it's not to say that there is no place in Star Wars fandom for us, it's just that I think our place is smaller and a little more niche than I think the rest of the fandom is, and for Star Trek, we may have simply have a greater slice of that particular pie certain you know a larger part of it may resonate with us yeah and i and i think you know fundamentally speaking like i think that that 
like Star Trek Generations is a worse movie than Rogue One, for oh, example. Oh, God, yeah. But but I would watch Generations again versus Rogue One any day of the week. And, you know, that's because I get more out of Star Trek. I mean, certainly speaking, I am criticizing Rogue One because I don't think it's a very good movie. But if I had a, a interest in the actual product or the the universe that was being created i probably could could enjoy this movie more and and that is that is a fair criticism of of my criticism of it i think but again i i think actually generations is a really interesting movie to mention because that is something that has a lot of particular ties to two separate series and yet tells a self-contained story has some certain resonances for the fans you know seeing these captains meet seeing the death of captain kirk that may be stuff that fans wanted to see you know i've been talking about how i will be very curious about the death of war for example but uh again generations is a movie that you could come in knowing nothing about these characters and get caught up to speed yeah yeah i think that's right um, that that also reminds me of my fantasy that Star Trek Discovery is a runaway success and CBS decides to make one last uh, TNG television movie for their streaming platform. So oh. let's let's hope for that. Okay, um, that's actually good. <laughs> and then and then we get a, then we get a, a thirteen episode relaunch of DS Nine. <laughs> no, I, well, uh, again, I think we can. That's that's that, what we got to pitch because yeah, I have... that, that Netflix decides to throw like millions of dollars at. Uh, at Iris Steven Baird to come back and do 13 episodes of DS9. <laughs> Ever episode one, Worf is murdered. And then the whole crew comes together to find out That's, why. That, oh, it, it, I, I've got all these ideas. So, you know, just let me know. I will be happy to write these for a lot of money. And in episode 13, it's revealed that the Dominion actually didn't surrender and everybody in the last episode of DS9 was actually a changeling. Oh. Well, spoilers all right, for well, DS9. Talk- <laughs> Should I we have talked know. about – I'm sorry. Should we have talked about this movie having a female lead because it was controversial? Oh, yeah. No. Um, I will say that uh, I don't see the problem with it. And if you have a problem with a female lead, then you're a fucking sexist moron. Well, How about that? But here's the thing. Number one, she is a very flat character. There is nothing that's – I mean this is somebody who could be could have been played either by a man or a woman, right? This is fairly yeah, I, generic. But I, but I think that that's actually nice. Yeah. I mean oh, I think no, that's a I, good thing. At the same you know? time I – mean, I made a list of all of the women in the movie, and the ones I found were Jin, her mother, Mon Mothra, there's one pilot, the little girl, her, her mother, and Princess Leia. I don't know if I missed any, but it's the same gender parody that the original trilogy pretty much had. Well, there is the um, there there is the 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 black counselor when they're all arguing in the oh yes about yes going I, to the planet to do the thing. Um, there is her. Um, that seems sure before some I started making the list. Missed. <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I i agree with you i mean i i'm going to see wonder woman later today so maybe you know we'll do a pot we'll do a patron special on that at some point when it's available for rent because bridget doesn't go to the movies which is fine uh, um, force awakens was the last movie i saw in the theater so and probably yeah. the next star wars will be that's the- not that's not true i don't count you- ghostbusters because i've seen it in the theater so many times and it's not like going to the movie theater and paying 1350 uh, okay that's fair <laughs> um yeah, so you know, we'll be curious to see. Yeah, I think that the idea that that it it is, I think it is interesting that uh, both the Force Awakens and Rogue One, the two new Star Wars movies, yeah. have women at their as their central protagonists, and I'll just leave it at that. No, I mean, I think that's a very deliberate decision because you know, girls have had to identify with boy characters the entire time. You know, girls had to pretend to be Luke Skywalker. This is number one saying, well. Here's a girl you can look up to, and the boys can pretend to be Ray for a time. That's fine, and you know, 
girls can be force users too. I guess that's if that's a simple message, it's we've talked a lot about how there are certain on the nose messages that I think need to be made every so often, and this is certainly a time where that very on the nose message needs to be made. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it's a good place to leave this patron special. So we hope that we did not anger you enough to cancel your, your monthly gift. Um, we, we had to tell you the real the real truth about what we both thought about <laughs> Rogue One. Uh, this this may be the last Star Wars movie that we do ever because I don't at a certain point I don't know that it's very interesting to keep, you know, browbeating these movies. Uh, but then again, The Last Jedi might be amazing and we'll change our minds. It might uh, be. So- yeah, if it's this trilogy's empire possible it's directed by someone very interesting that i like a lot so we'll see how that goes um but yes thank you very much for your for your monthly support it is very very much appreciated and you know as always uh you know if if you have any ideas for for patron specials or have any feedback for these patron specials you can always leave a comment on the patron special post on patreon.com uh, or you can send us an email at truckaboutshow.com and again once again thank you very much uh for your support it is very very appreciated thank you and yeah, and, and we'll be back in July with another patron special with a topic, TBD, but we have some ideas. Oh, that no, that's my pick, of, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be kind of shocking for people. So we will see you in July.